to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. We create and build insanely happy workforces for companies around the world. We believe that by creating better people at work, they will create better businesses and better businesses build a better world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the most inspiring podcasts in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, all you crazy happy people out there today on Happiest Places to Work. We are talking with Dr. Darjanae Graham-Perez. And Dr. Darjanae is the HR Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager for Walden Family Services. Amongst, I have a feeling, some other things that she does in spreading some goodness into the world. But uh, with that, we'll start with Walden Family Child Services. And thank you so much for being on the show to talk about happiest places to work. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amy. It's truly a pleasure and honor. Yeah. So tell me, how long have you been working for Walden Family Services? I'm a newbie. So I I started uh, in April. And so I've been with Walden Family Services since April 2021. Awesome. And so did they really bring you on for this very specific role? Correct. Um, So as we all know, all the things that has happened and transpired um, back in May 2020 with the George Floyd and um, Breonna Taylor. So all of those um, issues transpired and it really personally affected our um, employees at Walden. And so Teresa, our wonderful CEO, and Sue, our wonderful COO, you know, they really wanted to um, bring about change. They really wanted to foster and nurture um, our employees and staff. And so this position really truly aligned with the needs, mission, and vision, and values at Walden Family Services. And so it was such a wonderful opportunity. I knew I wanted to become on board, and um, it's actually been amazing so far. And I'm really looking forward to all of the cool things that we have going on um, um, at Walden. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think you just go to Walden's uh, website, which I'll give it here. It's waldenfamily.org. And you can just feel like this sense of comfort, the sense of um, just being taken care of. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I, and and then when you just kind of described your role, I felt like almost comforted by you (laughs) and by like what you, what everything that Walden is trying to achieve. So uh, I just want to read the tagline uh, on the website, which says you can transform the life of a child in foster care. And so I also wanted to just say that so that people know kind of what Walden Family Services does. I think that's pretty much, uh, you know, it kind of wraps it up in one sentence. So I like Uh that. Uh, And I think this is obviously a very important topic and one that we need to talk more about today. And my hope is, is that in 20 years, we don't have to talk about this, right? Not because it doesn't, you you under you should yes, absolutely but it's, yes. but it definitely should be more inclusive right it should be a normal part of our yes. working environment our workplace it should be definitely infused in all of our um things that we do and culture and so that is that is a very good aspiration and that's really what we hope to get towards um yeah. and we hope organizations you know 
you know, by elevating this role in organizations, by talking about this, by laying that found work and foundation, like this is such a pivotal time yes. in history for all of us. And so it is not only is it pivotal, it's exciting, it's engaging. Yes. And, and, you know, it gets people thinking about, oh, yeah, you know, it is important to talk about that or, oh, yeah, you know, it gets having those tough conversations, but but out of those tough conversations affecting positive change, right? And so that's really what, um, you know, when we look at it, we get down to what diversity, equity, inclusion is. Yes, we want to be more inclusive of um, diverse talent pools, but ultimately we really want to get into that nitty gritty on true, effective um, culture, true, effective, um, inclusive environments, and just being cognizant and mindful of everyone, right? And all of their strong points and all of what they bring into the workplace and how that's a benefit, right? Because it it does eventually affect our bottom line, but truly, it's truly a benefit to have the diverse talent pool there and lean and yearn from their past experiences and their lived experiences and incorporating that. And so that's, it's, it's just like such a passion of mine. So yeah. I mean, I love, it sounds like you're great for the role, you know, um, and kudos to Walden, Walden Family Services for, you know, seeing the importance in this. And so, you know, you you say it's something that is close to your heart, you're passionate about, uh, you know, I just kind of put words in your mouth a little bit, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) sure. Uh, But with that, why? Why is Um, it so? My previous background is um, early childhood. And so I was a classroom teacher for a few years. Um, and as a first year teacher, I came out, I had 20 students. And of those 20 students, I had 16 of them that spoke nothing but Spanish. Um, pretty much all of them were immigrants. Um, and they were um, pretty much the DACA students or the DACA um, children to keep their families here in America. And it's very empowering because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I'm like, oh, wow, I have to teach them. One, I have to teach them English. Two, I, they have to meet these standards. Three, like you, you think about all of these things that they have to overcome and they're four, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so at the time, I'm like, how am I going to do that? Um, well, basically, um, because of who I am and because I really wanted them to feel a part of the classroom and create a really, truly loving, caring, nurturing um, classroom environment, I really utilized that as a strength. And so what I did was I bought in their families, right? I would find bilingual books. Um, This is back in 2009. I found bilingual books. One side was English, one side was Spanish. And I shared that platform with their parents so that they can see their parents in that role um, so that their parents would feel empowered. Um, And that was through a Head Start program and state preschool programs. Well, a few years down the line, I mean, I made my impact there. Great, going through administration. So now I'm a director at a private kindergarten or preschool. And it's a very affluent neighborhood, very um, affluent backgrounds. And parents were just like, oh, I just want my children to socialize. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. But then I just started to notice the divide between the have and the have nots. And I was like, mm-hmm. we need to be able to fix this. Like, where, where is that common ground? Like, where, how can we address that opportunity gap? After that, I went to the school district and I was like, you know what? I need to do something more. Like, I need to do something more. This is not helping. But I do want to say that Head Start State Preschool programs, they are amazing, 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 amazing equity opportunities. So that's where I really saw a true opportunity to bring in equity for those who just needed a little extra assistance in 
a variety of services. So then I was like, okay, you know what? After the summer in May 2020, I was like, no, this is it. Like I, I've, I've had my last straw. I'm like, I, I need to make a bigger impact. I need to do something more. And I just hunkered down and I was like, you know what? I'm going for those diversity, equity, inclusion roles. I know, you know, what it takes. We need to, you know, think bigger with this. And I was like, how can I bridge these two gaps? And, you know, I pulled from my um, doctoral studies, um, focusing on social justice and education. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work. And that's what I did. And so um, Walden Family Services um, is a foster care agency, like you previously mentioned. And this was such an opportunity um, in social services and social welfare to make that mark and to bring about awareness um, in this field. And, and so it's such a special niche that nonprofits have and that they can reach and do certain things that other corporations just may not um, be able to do. And Walden Family Services, again, took that step. They took that leap of faith and they did it. And I'm here and I'm actually able to, to create those things and, and um, implement what we've been hearing on webinars, implement what we've um, you know, been hearing about like to um, break down those systemic racisms and all of those things. And we could do that and we could take it, we could, we could make our um, impact. And so um, it's just been a great opportunity so far. That's that's awesome. What happened? (laughs) It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're really lucky to have found them and vice versa. They're really lucky to also have found you. And it sounds like such an amazing match. So you say you're fairly new, April, as we're recording right now, we're in August of 2021. Uh, So what was kind of like when you came on board, what was the first project that you put in place or that you said, okay, we need to create this? Um, so the first thing that, um, I really wanted to focus on was hearing from the employees. One, I wanted them to get to know me and one, I wanted to hear what they had to say. So Walden has been around for 45 years. And what's really cool about Walden is that we have employees there that have been at this agency for almost 25 years. Mm. So we have, um, employees that really have truly embraced Walden's true spirit. Um, we have employees have been there. Like I said, we were just celebrated one of our employees who's been there for 25 years. The next person was there for 20 years. We have about seven or eight people that's been there for 15 years. So wow. the longevity is there, right? And so obviously something is going right. But then we have a pocket of um, employees that are just on high turnover. Now that could be due to a lot of different variety of reasons, but it needs to be addressed. And then because of social services, it's even smaller with numbers with our men um, presence. Um, And so my first step in action was just to deploy a survey. I wanted to deploy a survey. I wanted to hear what they had to say um, in the survey. But again, that's only one way of listening to what they have to say. The second time around, I did focus groups. And so I went around to each department and I just heard, I just listened to them. I kicked out supervisors from the meeting and I took control. I I said, supervisors, you have to go. I need to speak with your people, like without you. So um, and so I did that. I went around the organization and I met with the employees and, and I just, you know, asked them questions. I said, you know, what, what do you want out of this role? What, what are you thinking? You know, what are some of those gaps and areas of improvement that we could be doing? What are some of the needs that need to be addressed? And, and so as I'm going around to the different departments, a lot of variety of things just, you know, kept coming up. I said, okay, I need to hear from the supervisors. So I go around and I, and I do my focus group and I just want to listen to the supervisors. So I kick out Teresa and Sue and I'm like, you guys got to go. 
never two up there. <laughs> and so I and I get the supervisors together and they and they share and it and it mirrors and it's like, oh, okay, great. So then I'm like, hmm. Now I need to talk to the big dogs, right? So I'm like, okay, well, let me go and talk to uh, the big guys and see what they have to say. And a lot of it was um, vertically, a lot of the people were saying the same thing. So now they're hard work. And so um, so back to your original question, the first one, it was just a hearing from the people mm-hmm. and or my DEI lens. And then on the side of that, I've been able to update some policies that have just been outdated since 2014 and t- really look at, um, you know, how to make them more inclusive. I mean, one of them was our dress code, right? And the one in 2014 was literally listing the type of clothes that we should and should not wear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like it literally was like, you have to wear pants. If you're going to wear pants, they have to be by your, sh- like by your, sh- um, by your knees. And I was like, get this out of here. Or, <laughs> or I'm like, that, no, get this out of here. Right. Um, didn't talk about any being respectful of anybody's religion. If they wanted to wear a headdress, if they didn't, did it was like just mm-hmm. disrespectful. Right. And so she's like, no, we need to really focus on who we serve, who our employees are, and just be inclusive of that. Another one we worked on was our bereavement policy. And it talked about and it labeled the mother, the father, right? right? And it's like, "Mm, but people people have different labels for that. So we took out all of the gender Mm -hmm. um, language and we made it gender neutral, right? We talk about parents. We talk about children. We talk about spouses, partners, domestic partners, right? And so we really got down to being inclusive of who our family looks like because it's not a mom and a dad and it's not traditional. And maybe guess what? Some people weren't even raised with their biological parents. And so we're like, well, we're a foster agency. So clearly we need to take account (laughs) (laughs) families. Right. And so um, we really were um, specific on, Hey, we know that families are a variety of, um, people right and so what we looked at was parentis locos and how can we incorporate like a caregiver or how can we incorporate like maybe somebody was raised by their grandparent or raised by their aunt or raised by a family friend or a neighbor or something and that's who took them in we need to account for that and we need to provide for them and so not only did we do that but we increased the amount of days we know that our traditional bereavement policies were like three days. Well, what's that going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, we increased those days and we gave them multiple ways to use it. And so we really just wanted to um, look at our benefits plans, look at our policies and really just update them to accommodate all di- different lifestyles and all the different ways that um, our employees could utilize that. And so it's, it's been truly amazing to one, be able to work on the policy side and truly see how that really does affect our employees and then yeah. work on the DE&I side and mirror the two. So, I right. mean, it's, it's such a great fit. So this brings me back to my <laughs> management days, my very young Amy Dix management days where I was fresh out of college. So, you know, if there was a policy written, I was going to follow it. And I do remember a couple of instances where, uh, we had employees that came to me and somebody in their family had passed away or whatever. And it did always feel like so awkward to be like, okay, let me look up the policy. Is it your uncle? 
Is right. it your grandma? Is right. it your, you know, are they by blood? Like right. in some cases, like I remember one specifically, it was an uncle, but I knew it wasn't by blood because we just mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. the person well enough. And so then it was like this really awkward thing. Like, well, it's not really your uncle. Right. It's like, says who? Says you who? Know? <laughs> like, who are you to determine that? Right. right? And right. so, and so with that, we even included to giving you um, time off, even if it was just your friend, right? And so you didn't even have to, you, you didn't have to explain that. You'd say, you know, I had a death in the family and it, we took out the word immediate family because guess what? Families are a variety of yes. people and makeup and we come together and we, and we, and, and that's what we do, right? And we create our own family sometime, especially based off our experiences. And so we even accounted for those situations because it still matters. And that person still was somebody that is important to us. And we took that into consideration and we put that in our policy. Yeah. And so I, Love it. yeah, because we, I have a lot of aunts and uncles that raised me. My mom is a military, um, she's a retired military officer. And so guess what? I had to go live with them right. when we were younger. Right. Yes. So Yeah. Yep. Takes a village. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it makes me think too of my boyfriend's aunt just passed, and he, but she raised him, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, uh, he was born in Ecuador, and when his parents came over um, to the states, he stayed in Ecuador with it with his aunt, and so she raised him for many years before he came to the United States, and. I just think about that. Like when, when she died, it absolutely was like Mm. he lost a mother. And again, I hate to go back to this, but like, who are we to judge on that? You know, Mm -hmm. and just to Mm -hmm. kind of like see that firsthand, I have a very traditional family, but to see that kind of firsthand, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's, I mean, absolutely. He, he felt like he lost a parent. Mm -hmm. And um, so you gave me the goosebumps talking about that kind of stuff uh, because uh, it's wow, like so important. It's it's interesting that you know when you come when you came in here, you are you listening to these employees. A lot of people might have just came in and just started changing the policy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so and, and all that was a result of you being there, but you know you also took into consideration first, like the people first, and that's so people important. People first, absolutely people first. Love it. Love it. So, okay. Another thing that's re- that I find really interesting about Walden family is uh, the longevity that you talked about. How awesome. I always think that is the coolest thing. And that really speaks to the organization without having to speak exactly. <laughs> and talk about how great the organization is, right? <laughs> you just say, no, yes. no, no, we've got like all these employees. They've been here for 10 plus years. So um, kudos to Walden family services on that. I think that that is um such a, such a great feat. And again, mm-hmm. speaks, speaks very highly of, of the company. So if you were to define a happy place to work in one word, what word would you use? Oh, you put me on the spot, Amy. <laughs> That's right. That's my job. <laughs> um, one word to describe, I would say um, opportunity. Fantastic. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Definitely here's, opportunity. Here's to um, all the opportunity out there. I have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, what advice do you have for other nonprofits out there that may be listening and going, you yeah, know, well, we just 
can't hire a DEI manager. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not there yet, but, but we know it's important. Mm-hmm. How do they get started? Like wh- what's the first step they need to take? Um, I think whoever is um, in a role that has um, influence and has trust of the employees, um, not in a necessarily authoritative manner, but um, that they really do trust or can get that trust. Um, just be cognizant of who we're bringing in, if we're bringing people in, right? So be cognizant of um, our talent acquisition component of that, our recruitment efforts, um, being cognizant of who your people are, who you're serving, and um, taking the opportunity to listen to them. And I think that that's really something that um, sometimes is missed in organizations, but I think nonprofits can do a really, really good job is listening to their people because a lot of people who do nonprofit work do it because of a passion, do it because they have they were a direct benefactor of it growing up or um, directly benefited from it in some way, shape, or fashion. And because it's such um, an on-the-grounds direct service type of work that a lot of nonprofits do um, and in the community that they that they work in and that they serve, um, just having somebody who is who has that influence and who can bring about that change and it can just keep it in their forefront. Um, and um, make recommendations for the better. Um, I think that that's something that will go a long way um, in many organizations. Amazing. Thank you so much for the wonderful advice. And thank you for being on Happiest Places to Work. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And I just want to honor you and Walden Family Services for a moment for all the goodness that you bring to the company, all the goodness that you bring to the world. Uh, if if anyone or the, the listeners that are listening to this can also look you up on your personal brand site as well. And so you do many, many things beyond just Walden Family Services. So thank you for everything that you do for the world. Thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. If you are a CEO, HR director, or wellness director for a successful company and would like to be on this program, please visit choose-happy.me slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag happiest places to work podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Amy N. Dix. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix and we will see you next time.